0: Well, here we are. It's going to be the seventh of April by the time this gets out. And what to say, Israel. Isn't it interesting? How phenomenal this thing is. The balance of power so, so delicately held by, by whom? The Arabs. Can you believe it? I mean, isn't it extraordinary? Can this be true? It's a a curious situation. Benjamin Netanyahu up on trial. Uh, Bless his cotton socks is in big trouble, you would think, but he soldiers on. Actually, to be honest, have you actually looked at the charges against him? I mean, I know Netanyahu. Well, no, I don't know. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Let me retract that. I know Netanyahu's wife. I don't know Netanyahu. I met his wife. I met his wife in, uh, in a newspaper editor's office. You yeah, had your Aronot, I, I think it was. I mean, uh, she came in. Blue jeans, bounced into it. was like uh, It was like 11 at night, and we were just the edition was going to bed. Uh, I mean, why was I there? I can't remember why I was there in Tel Aviv. I think um, Ambassador Hamley was with me, and we were wandering around, meeting a few people. Possibly David Sassoon took us. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is, uh, we were in the, the editor's office of this Israeli um, national newspaper daily, and um, of course, in she bounced like she does. She used to go bouncing around, trying to influence everybody for her husband. But you look at the charges against uh dear benjamin netanyahu for which for corruption what for corruption for uh, for the corrupt Influence of newspapers, but they're very hard to prove. Really, I mean, they're they're kind of tenuous, aren't they? Really, I have have a look yourself. I mean, I cannot see a court really convicting him. How could you prove it? He's supposed to have done favours in return for favours. I mean, it's not money hasn't changed hands. It's not like that. Uh, He's supposed to have taken little gifts and so on uh cigars and you know in return for favors too that's another side of things but mostly it's him demanding favors allegedly uh, allegedly what allegedly sort of uh, using his influence to favor newspaper owners and then the owners put pressure on the editors not to say nasty things about mr Netanyahu. i it, I, it could be true and might well be true. I mean, the world we live in, it's very, very, very possible. I don't want to libel Mr. Netanyahu uh, be shot. I don't mean it like that. All I'm just saying is that it's unprovable, as far as I can see. And it has to be proved beyond reasonable doubt. So it's a kind of, you're not going to forgive me for saying this, but it's a political trial. None of us really like Mr. Netanyahu, but the corruption charges against him, I don't think they're going to stick. I, I really don't think so but isn't it what is a big problem for mr netanyahu is <laughs> this <laughs> so balanced so finely balanced what's he going to do I mean another election or a fifth election in israel i mean i mean it's intriguing isn't it absolutely intriguing and yeah where where are we with this thing i mean this is just phenomenal he's uh so i mean this guy called gil rubin who's our new uh Volunteer and intern and uh, new recruit from Israel. He was just writing a piece for our blog and he I interesting fourth election in two years. And this is just a f- few days ago, twenty third of March. Were inconclusive and uh, Netanyahu needed sixty one seats to form a government. He hadn't got them. At least uh, <laughs> the pro Netanyahu block got fifty nine seats and the anti Netanyahu blocked. Got uh, 57 seats in the 120-seat Knesset. So the kingmaker now... So the kingmaker is who? The kingmaker is head of the so-called Islamist faction, Mansour Abbas. I mean, you could say that the Arab voter is the biggest winner of all this whole thing. Four seats Abbas has got. And the anti-Netanyahu bloc want him. And the pro-Netanyahu bloc want him. I mean, uh, but interesting. Before elections, he, he broke away from the joint Arab list together uh, with the Ram faction uh, and campaigned on a platform to join the coalition to bargain for budgets and influence policies that affect the Arab voter. Well, yeah, many, many Israeli parties said he's never going to join our coalition. But now you have real politique. You have an interesting situation. So, so where do we go? Uh, Arab parties have been marginalized as coalition partners by the Jewish Zionist parties because uh, they, they haven't been able to tolerate them. And vice versa, of course, the, the Arab parties have not been willing to join a government they view as occupying the West Bank and besieging Gaza. However, now both camps are courting Ram and it, everything has changed. Everything has changed fascinating. The Arabs hold the balance of power. Okay, well, maybe you view that as the good news. What's the bad news? Well, the bad news is that Israel's Knesset has moved to the right politically with some real extremists being elected. I mean, real extremists, some nasty, I'm sorry, but some nasty people that you really would not Want to know? Uh, chief amongst which, I suppose, is I mean, just horrible to see it in a way. But it's it's like having a uh, there's nothing to compare it to anyway. Romain. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. I mean, you you've got Itamar Ben gavir elected. Itamar Ben gavir You know who this guy is? I mean, look him up on the internet. The point is, he's a he's a follower of Rabbi Meir Kahana. is uh, dead now, of course, but but he that's what he is. You know. I mean, now I have personal reason to to really uh, i mean years ago we one of the things that brought us in involved us in the middle east we had two really two things that involved us in the middle east one was a yemeni sultan who got exiled and that was our first brush with the middle east but our second brush with the middle east we had a little printing works so i'm just talking about my family history we had a little printing work down in south wales and it had the most beautiful printing press it had been. Uh, I used to print the, the Daily Mirror, I think, and, and then it had been moved down to Cardiff during the Second World War to print the Western Mail, and at the end of the, or when the bombing got bad during the war, uh, they moved it out to Estolivero, where we had the South Wales Voice, or the South Wales Voice bought it, I don't know, but, but we had it, and this was the local paper my father had bought. We printed from this massive machine. We called it Bloodwind I mean, it was massive. It was three stories high. There was a shed for the whole machine. And the paper stores were in in, in the end of this huge shed, this huge rumbling machine. Beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. Anyway, I loved it. Uh, I loved it as a boy. Hot metal, you know, and all this kind of thing. Uh, rolling and the newspapers roll. I loved it. But we took printing from all over the world. And, gosh, yes, I mean... There was nothing we would refuse. This story has a point to it because I, I, I'm coming to the point. There, I, there was one paper I remember we were refused, uh, because the father of the chapel they call the trade unions in printing works chapels for it's an old fashioned thing from old Welsh religious days. And the father of the chapel, which is the head of the trade union, the trade union convener, he said, Oh the men are going out and strike. Uh, I guess they wouldn't this was a paper called Oz. A couple of lovely Australian boys came down and wanted us to print Oz for them. We were cheap printers. No, they wouldn't print Oz because it was it had swear words. In it a lot of them to be honest but there would print anything else we printed dry uh, which was the uh, welsh national the, the welsh labor party paper was it or the welsh Nationalist? i think it the red dragon no that was the welsh labor party well anyway we printed all these scots Kind of political publications, and along came along came one group run by a lady called Vada Hart Nabki, and she uh, goodness, she she edited a thing called Free Palestine, and this was the days of Leila khalid when you know the PLO was viewed perhaps with good reason as a terrorist organization, and. Um, so free Palestine. I mean, all the all the all the uh, hijackings of the airplanes and so on. You forget those days. Free Palestine was used to have pictures on the front of the a map of Palestine dripping blood. You know that kind of thing. Um, it was very it was very dramatic uh, but we printed it because we we took all sorts of political things and we, we believed that everybody had a right to a voice and so what happened the only address they had an office in New York and they didn't have an office in Britain but so the only address in Britain was our printing works, printed by Kleisch Klavier, uh Swansea Valley Estabera. Our, our, our printing works was the only address they had <laughs> on the back. So what happened was one bright night, a couple of lads in a Morris Minor car uh, came roaring down, and, and they were seen going into the back of the works late at night, and the whole thing went up in flames. It was a, a special branch came next day. They said, you know, it was a magnesium incendiary bomb, two men from Special Bomb. a uh, magnesium incendiary bomb in the paper store. Everything went. And it was a tragedy for us. We were insured, but not insured for loss of profits. So it, it crippled our business and eventually led to the closure of the local paper because we, we had to farm out all our printing work, you know, had give it to other printers. And without loss of pr- profits insurance, we were doomed. Anyway, such was such. And as a consequence of that, my father got irate and, and he started a magazine called Middle East International and then later a newspaper, which I edited for many years, called Voice of the Arab World in response to this bombing of our printing works. So it really dragged us into the Middle East. And who'd bombed our printing works? Who'd bombed? Well, a special branch said, "Well, we know who did it, but we can't prove it, of course. But we know who did it because they they bombed the um, New York office of this uh, little free Palestine newspaper the same same night. It was Rabbi Merkhihana's group called the Jewish Defense League. They were very violent men, Merkhihana's Jewish Defense League, and um, very violent indeed. And now one of them is in the Knesset. I mean, I suppose it would be all right if he changed his." Stripes. Um, the uh, we've seen ex, well, I suppose ex-terrorists go, go into the Knesset before, um, but uh, they, they, they've they reformed as they've gone older. Heavens, we've seen ex-terrorists become part of the Irish uh, government and become great peace builders, uh, you No, know, in, in in our own backyard. But this man hasn't changed his stripes. He's dripping hatred. So the downside is we have a more right-wing Knesset. Uh, the upside is the Arabs hold the balance of power. Interesting times. There are other pluses m- around, by the way. The Palestinian elections, isn't that exciting? Well, isn't it? Will they go ahead? Well, the big, big point is what something we've been campaigning for at the Next Century Foundation for years and campaigned assiduously, actually, uh, the uh, right down to giving statements. I mean, uh, a lady called Hannah, one of our interns, gave a dramatic plea for the israelis to allow i mean i say the israelis to allow but it is down the israelis the israelis to allow marwan barghouti to stand for president of palestine and he's standing it seems I mean thank God there's a man that's interesting uh, he has done I mean he's in prison but on how many met life sentences for, for some of his actions but but basically he's he's a, he's he's the Nelson Mandela of Palestine as many of you know and and if if he became the president of Palestine what would it do well I mean the people are panicking in some of the newspapers saying oh you'll split the fatter vote and um, because um, all, all the fatter supporters will go and vote for marwan bhagouti and then it'll let hamas in no i mean hamas are as afraid of marwan bhagouti as fatah are why? Because uh, because they know. I mean, you remember that prisoner exchange way back, Gilad uh, Shalit. You remember the the young Israeli soldier that uh, Hamas took prisoner, and Hamas swore blind that they would put Marwan and Barghouti at the top of the list as the as their uh, for their demand for prisoner exchange for the release of Gilad Shalit. <laughs> but when it came to it, they couldn't bear to let the list go forward with. Marwan Magouti at the top. They couldn't stand having Marwan Magouti released because they knew. They knew he'd gain the vote in Gaza. I mean, he'll gain the vote in Gaza. he gain the vote in West Bank. He'll sweep the board. He'll not going to let the Hamas in. Hamas doesn't. Hamas is terrified of Marwan Magouti because he's popular. I mean, um, Islamic Jihad are more popular than Hamas in Gaza at the moment. I, that said, thank God, they're not great. Well, actually, it's curious. You can talk to Islamic Jihad, but they are extremists. But you can talk to them. Gazans generally, you can talk to Gazan politicians and they will consider what you have to say. I think one of the issues we, one of the grave mistakes we've made is to stop talking to the Gazan groups because they would, they would change their stripes with a little conversation. And so that would be encouraging, but not this guy, not this guy, not Itamar Ben Gavir. He's not going to change his stripes. Uh, very disturbing, very disturbing indeed, really. His faction is called Jewish Strength, basically Jewish supremacists. I mean, we, we have people like that. I suppose in Britain we have the uh, National Front, white supremacists and so on. Um, are they comparable? I don't know, really. But it's sad to see somebody like Itzma Barakavir in, uh, in the Knesset, is all I can say. But there, yeah, So, good and bad, lots going on. Exciting times. Exciting indeed. Tell me a few... Um, No, the israel peace index it used to be the israel peace index they call it the israel voice index now which is anyway whatever it's very interesting it comes out once a month and they do opinion polls in israel and take take views snapshots of israel's opinion very interesting indeed i find it and the latest issue just come out yesterday it says now let me see if i can get this i'm going to get in front of me so i can look at the thing as i'm talking to you 48 percent of israel's israelis is the headline on the israel voice index 48 percent of israelis support the formation of a government with support from the arab parties Uh, that's interesting and uh, and Most of them believe that the Netanyahu bloc has the highest chance of forming a coalition government. Sorry, folks, those of you that don't like Netanyahu. Only 17% of Israelis think the anti-Netanyahu bloc has a chance. But Israelis are more optimistic uh, about the future, even though two-thirds of the public are dissatisfied with the results of the elections. In Israel, and then there's the other point: a very large majority of israel's public believe there is a high or moderately high chance that in the coming year a fifth round of elections will be held in Israel yeah, a low Arab turnout. I wish it wasn't, but it has been. It continues to be uh, the uh, Arab voters say they're, they're angry over israel's failure to deal with problems in Arab society with regard to Violence and violent crime and the economy. Anyway, yeah, a, a fifth round of elections. Um, 80% of Israel's electors think there'll be a fifth round of elections. Um, and the difference between Arabs and Jews, uh, Arab is like electors in Israel, Israeli Arabs, 77% of Israeli Arabs and 81% of Israeli Jews. So so both groups think there will be a new election, another election in the coming year. Uh, Across the board, if you split them by uh, left-wing, center and right, then left-wing voters, 92% think there'll be a new election. Um, Right-wing, 79% of them think uh, there'll be a new election. So, you know, I mean, everybody thinks there's going to be another election, is basically what we're saying here in israel ha interesting times interesting times well i think they're interesting are they encouraging yeah maybe so maybe so uh a palestinian a palestinian election and to get rid of the dross and the uh, providing that palestinian election goes forward to get rid of the old guard it's been Far too long. I don't care who wins. Let Mr. Dallan win. I know Dallan. I don't mind. Whomever. Just get rid of the old guard. God, they've got to go. They're crippling Palestine. We need a breath of fresh air. We need it. I love Mama Baguti. He's an accessible man. I know his wife, Fadwa. I know his family. I know his children. He's, he's a dear man. You used to be able to talk to him. He'd talk to anybody. He was, um, yeah, he's a, I think he's a good guy. He could sort out a peace process with the Israelis if the Israelis would let him. Abu Mazin no chance. Abu Mazin is well he's what he is. Time to go, Abu Mazin Say good night, switch the lights out. Let's have some new start in Palestine. It is about time. And yeah, we have got a new president in the White House. Does that make a difference? He's an avowed Zionist, of course. He's not gonna undermine the state of Israel, but but, but Biden is I'm sure would like to do something positive and his presidency and uh, Democrats have a history of nearly getting there mean, Bill Clinton nearly 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 made peace on all fronts with regard to with regard to the Middle East sorry um, he's a good man really undermined by his by his uh, fondness for young women but there you go unfortunate oh what well, enough 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 I'm talking on and you've heard what you need to hear from me it's it's interesting and I'm in encouraged, basically. And I hope you are. We need a bit of good news. God bless you one and all. Thank you. Bye.